podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Alt Sport Podcast. I'm Stefan Mackley and today we've got a special edition of the podcast. We may only be in the middle of 2023, but last weekend a new world champion was crowned as the final round of the Formula E Championship took place in London. And it's where Britain's Jake Dennis claimed his first title in the All-Electric Championship. He's joined us today to talk about the highs and lows of his season and that dramatic title decider. Jake, thanks for joining us. Um, You've had a few days, obviously, since the um, championship was won in London. Uh, Has it sort of sunk in yet? the emotions of, of everything and finally clinching that first world title. Obviously, thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. But uh, yeah, nevertheless, I, I still don't really feel like it's properly sunk in. You know, there's there's small moments which I I cross where I'm maybe just like driving along and, you know, I, I, I feel like I've become world champion. But I mean, it's been such a busy week from from obviously London Sunday to, to, to where I am now. And then uh, I have some BMW commitments this week. But it's only really, I think, when I go away next week where I can get away with all my friends and family and, um, you know, go on holiday where I feel like it will probably settle in and and feel like what, what I've achieved uh, more than anything. But, um, yeah, right now it's just, you know, the emotions are so high. What, what I feel is always going to be difficult to express. But, you know, it, it was such a, an intense weekend throughout the whole event and uh yeah to come away champion is is something which i, I didn't expect but uh, it was just a roller coaster of emotions well i mean it's a great achievement and um it certainly wasn't one in the easiest of fashions um i mean a lot of the formula e races this season have been quite chaotic and crazy in general but this one seemed to be the craziest of the season i think i mean we had you know two red flags you'd fallen down the order at uh, you know certain stages of the race and you'd been in a number of wheel-to-wheel battles at one stage your main championship rival nick cassidy was winning and and then he collided with his teammate and, and went out of the race but just talk us about the emotions of the race on saturday because it kind of had every Everything, didn't it? I mean, yeah, I mean, that race felt like it had uh, everything thrown at me, you know, like like you mentioned, safety cars, red flags, um, the, the overtakes which were going on were just so intense and I just felt like I had 21 drivers all going up against me and um, yeah, it was just so, so difficult to control uh, what I was feeling inside. Uh, obviously of, of the car and you know I'm speaking to my engineer at that point I just felt like I was alone uh like by myself I, I wasn't having any support uh especially with obviously my teammate and the other Porsche cars uh, I just felt like I had all the Jaguars all the Maseratis trying to obviously be- beat me and stop me winning the title but nevertheless um we came out on top we, we obviously won it but it was, yeah, so, so intense and something which I think what made it even sweeter after such a difficult race, you know, we had everything thrown at us and to still come out on top was something pretty special. What was going through your head at the first red flag, um, which I think was, it came out with about sort of 10, 10, I think it was just under 10 laps to go. Because at the time of the red flag, you were running fifth, you got promoted to fourth because a driver ahead had a front wing change at the red flag and had to be put to the back. But you needed to finish third, didn't you? Because Mitch Evans had come through from sixth on the grid and was winning the race and still had a chance of the championship. So when the red flag came out and you knew you needed to make up some more positions, so I mean, what were the emotions? Because I imagine it was, you know, a case of, you know, you'd been through so much already, but then to still have to do that little bit more. 
it's difficult to try and get into the right frame of mind. I mean, yeah, to be honest, when, when Cassidy crashed out of the race, I actually thought that would be enough. Uh, obviously, I needed the six points, but the position I was at was uh, sufficient enough to, to clinch the title. But then, so I asked, I was like, oh, where do I need to finish? And then they told me, you need to finish third. Um which I was just like sort of blown away by. I was like, why, why do I need to finish third? Like what, what reason is that? And then obviously they explained the situation with, with Evans leading the race and, and stuff like this, which promoted a whole nother situation to me, uh, which I, I just didn't expect. So to, to sort of refocus and, and root and set another goal. I was like, if Evans wins this race, I, I have to finish on the podium was, was challenging. Um, I, you know, after the first red flag, I spoke to my manager and, just needed a bit of like a, a reset of what was going on because the race was so, was so, so intense. And, uh, you know, he gave me good clarity. He was just like sort of refocused on me and, and, you know, gave me the confidence that I could do it. And, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I just went into my driver's room and just had a moment to myself with like no cameras, no, no, nobody else. And was just trying to, control everything what was going on it was difficult but i felt like that first red flag was actually a good thing in terms of being able to keep my emotions in check have a bit of a reset you know i was like i can actually win this thing if if i deliver and if i perform and you know that that was the case in the end if we rewind to january which is when the championship got underway this year in um, mexico city wasn't it and you know you and your andretti autosport team you know got off to the perfect start really with a win and then you had two runner-up finishes in Saudi Arabia as well. I mean, did you expect to hit the ground running this season in terms of with there being a new car, the Gen 3 car, and also a new powertrain? You'd obviously switch from BMW to Porsche. Did it come as a surprise that you'd actually managed to get the win and two podiums straight off the bat? Uh, honestly, yes. Like, I think, yeah, I'd be lying to you now if if I said that race in Mexico was the last thing we expected. Uh you know, after leaving Valencia, we we left there thinking that we were one of the the slowest powertrains. You know, we we weren't efficient at all. We were slow. We were lacking pure pace, and uh, it was yeah a difficult off season because I just went into it thinking I was like, well, this is going to be a race like or a season at the back. You know, I, I had nothing to look forward to in terms of you know winning races or be, even becoming champion. And then um, we arrived in Mexico and was just like, okay, let's just maybe try and get a point if we can. I was like, it's going to be difficult, but if we can try and get a point, then that's like a solid job. And, uh, you know, we, we qualified in the front row. We won the race. It was fastest lap. It was just like so unexpected. And I think when that happens, um, it becomes even sweeter. You know, you, 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 you've had a difficult off season. With, with all the emotions I was feeling and then you arrive in Mexico for the first race of the year, win it, uh, qualify in the front row. It was just uh, absolutely incredible. And yeah, I don't think anyone expected it. None of the journalists expected it. No, none of the Porsche guys expected it. And to have a Porsche 1-2 was, was absolutely incredible. Well, you mentioned obviously the strong result in Mexico that you didn't expect and then two more followed in, in Diria in Saudi Arabia. And then... You know, I think it's fair to say there was obviously a very difficult patch in the, in your championship season because Hyderabad, Cape Town, Sao Paulo, you failed to score a point. And although it was only those three races, actually those three races being flyaways, 
it effectively was almost over the course of three months, wasn't it? I mean, during that period, what was the morale like for you and the team? Because obviously, yeah, coming off the back of that strong start to the season and then score no points, you know, it was quite a shift in the momentum, wasn't it? Oh, 100%. You know, we we left salary thinking that, you know, we're we're in the best position ever. You know, we've got the most efficient powertrain. We're, we're leading the Drivers' Championship and everything was obviously in favour towards us. And then we had basically from end of January until April where I didn't score any points. And like you, like you mentioned, they were, they were all flyaways and they were all single headers, which meant you're away from your family so much. You're like, you know, I was never at home. You're still doing all the simulator work. You're still doing all the preparation. And to not come home with any reward was so like mentally challenging, like in terms of it's, it's difficult to express because you know, you you put in all this effort, and then to come home with nothing was 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 hard. And I could see the morale in the team uh, at times being low. Uh, there's there's no denying that. You could see how much they were putting in towards it, and you couldn't, or I couldn't deliver the results what they deserved. And um, you know, obviously, we managed to turn it around for the European break, and and Berlin was a sort of a reset. But nevertheless, it was it was an incredible uh, turning point in our career or in our season, sorry. And yeah, to, to some, to, to, to get it back on track wasn't, was massive for us. I mean, just, um, you mentioned about getting it back on track, but just to look at that, that three month period, I mean, was there ever a point where you doubted that you'd be able to win the championship? And and how was it dealing with the pressure? Because as you say, with them being flyaways, it's not like you could have, you know, you had one bad result and then the next day you could go out and try again. You know, you were, you know, you were racing in Hyderabad and then you'd wait three weeks, race in Cape Town, wait another three weeks. How was it to still deal with that and still have the faith and belief that you could come away with the championship? Because I imagine it was quite difficult. I just kept trying to have a reset after each race. But when you do it like three or four races in a row, the novelty wears off pretty quick and you think, well, is, is this really worth it? Like, I feel like I'm out of the championship. But I mean, thankfully, Pascal wasn't scoring massive points at this stage of the season. And Nick and Mitch had a really rough start to the season. So obviously they were winning races by this point. Uh, Mitch winning Sao Paulo. And yeah, it, it. but I never once thought that I can't win the championship. You know, I, I never stepped away from the season thinking I'm, I'm I'm too far away from the points lead down to, to really win this thing every race I still felt like I can do it you know I've got the I've got the powertrain behind me I've got the the team behind me to to fight for race wins I, I can turn this around and that's exactly we'll see exactly what we did but yeah there wasn't really a time where I was like okay I'm done like I'm out of it um I still had every bit of belief in my team you mentioned about turning turning it around, and it was the second race in Berlin where I think you came second. How how big was the relief for you and the team to finally get in the points and and you know a strong result as well on the podium and you know sort of break that you know run of, of bad form. I mean, it was massive. Like there's 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 no denying it. Like if you go three months without scoring any points, it's it takes a toll on yourself, the team, and then even like Berlin race one where we were on for an easy podium it was like done deal and then obviously I made that mistake was was on me and I just felt like I couldn't catch a break I was like it's either me making a mistake or or, or obviously the team or we just weren't quick enough to, to get that podium that, that P2 was just like okay 
we're back on track. We're going to do this. Like it's a complete reset. And then from that point on, we had six podiums in a row. It was massive. You know, we went on to break so many records during the season. And um, yeah, it's just a true testament to that, to the guys that they never gave up. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, winning the championship is just a small, small uh, gesture, I could say to, for a thank you. You mentioned that run of podiums. I think it was actually five on the trot because it was five. You got you got the one in. Ber- I mean, it's still very impressive. You got the the, the podium in Ber- um, in Berlin, and then yeah. it was third third in Monaco, two second places in Jakarta, and then uh, second again in Portland. I mean, an incredible turnaround and you know run of form. But although obviously that was a very impressive sort of purple patch for you, at the same time, Nick Cassidy and Mitch Evans, you two championship rivals, they were both still getting strong results. How was it going up against those guys this season and, and the um, Jaguar powertrain uh, with Nick in the Envision Racing and Mitch in the, the factory Jaguar car? Because they've sort of, you know, throughout the entire season, they've been there, haven't they? Haven't they? And kept you on your toes, really. I mean, yeah, 100%. Like these, these guys, especially obviously Mitch and, and Nick, but even Pascal, like the level between us three have been, has been so, so high. Uh, like I felt like none of us have had a day off at, all of us have been working so hard to to try and win this championship, and you know every lap, every every session mattered. And I felt like whenever I delivered the good lap, in terms of qualifying, those guys were also qualifying right at the front. They were they they were performing, they were winning races. Obviously, I was scoring podiums, but even the podiums felt like it still wasn't enough. I, you know, I left Portland with a P two home race, huge huge event for us, and I was annoyed that. You know, I'd finished second, so that was sort of the level what we were we were working towards. You know, if you don't win the race, it's not good enough. And you know, obviously Nick won that one, and just between the three of us was was such a challenging event. And um, you know, we obviously came out on top, but nevertheless, these boys were pushing me so so hard, and they deserved the championship just as much as I did. And um, whoever came out on top, obviously in London, was was a deserving champion. If we go to Rome, the second race there, you've taken pole position, lights to flag performance for your second victory of the season. Behind, directly behind, actually, uh, Nick Cassidy and Mitch Evans collide. Um, Obviously, they're both out of the... Well, neither of them scored points. At that stage of the championship, did you believe that the title was yours at that stage with basically only two uh, London races to go? I didn't want to think that because, you know, I still felt like I had a job in hand. You know, I'm still getting paid to to deliver and, and, and perform at such a high level. So I didn't want to go into London thinking, I was like, this is all sewn up because it definitely wasn't. And I knew the London track would play in favour of, of the Jaguar powertrains just because of the nature of the circuit. You know, they're extremely strong in certain areas and that played perfectly in their hands. And, you know, them winning both races showed that. But so it was still a case of, you know, controlling my emotions and thinking I need to deliver my best performance. And I think we did that. Like, if you look at, you know, the other Porsche powertrains, that none of them were in the top 10. None of them were, were performing at a high level. And we qualified on the front row. We had such a big performance uh, and, and we really dominated them uh, or really dominated a, a good result compared to the other Porsche powertrains. So, I just really tried to refocus, not let my emotions get involved, even though it was difficult, just purely because, you know, the 
the whole setting was made for it to win in your home race. Uh, all the interviews I had, all the all the media was was difficult, uh, but I felt like we managed to do it. We we reset ourselves, and the team managed to give me a good enough car to to really deliver a top result. Throughout your career, you know the junior single seater ladder. You know you've raced against you know, some of the best drivers in the world, uh, you know, in the ter- in the form of Max Verstappen, Charles Leclerc, Esteban Ocon, Pierre Gasly. It, obviously, they've all gone on to Formula One and, and you know, that they're there now. And uh, for you, you've, you, you know, although it's Formula E, you've still won a world title and you managed to do it in front of your home fans. What does it mean to you to have achieved that? Because I think when we were in London, you know, you said it's something that everybody in motorsport aims for, whether it be Formula One, Formula E, you know, World Rally Championship. What does it mean to have finally almost achieved your, you know, career's ambition to, to have won a world title? It's not just this year. It's it's so many years of hard work gone into the, the whole programme of, of trying to become the best at something in the world and obviously yeah we've, we've achieved it but just it means the absolute world to me like and the team seeing their emotions on on saturday and sunday was something which i never expected just to see how much it meant to them and it was an incredible feeling and um you know it still gives me goosebumps now thinking about it of, of like becoming world champion and 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 being the best in formula is something so so special and um something I'll definitely never forget. But I mean, yeah, it's so hard to express how I truly feel and um, something which hopefully I get to get to, you know, experience again. But to be honest, you only ever become world champion for the first time once. And obviously I felt that and I feel like nothing will ever come close again. Um, and obviously nothing ever stands still in motorsport you've already mentioned that you're doing work with BMW I think in the simulator and, and you know although it's, it's a bit odd isn't it because obviously Formula E f- finishes midway through the year so I think some people might think oh well that's that's kind of it but you know we've got pre-season testing in October you know I imagine there'll be other testing and work that you're doing behind the scenes with Andretti as well I mean next season it's going to be even harder isn't it to retain that title because you're going to be the driver everyone's trying to be to some extent aren't they? I mean, yeah, hundred percent. You know, I've got such a busy week this week with uh, with media commitments, and then uh, I've got some BMW commitments. You know, I'm flying to I'm flying to Italy tomorrow on Friday, uh, and then I'm testing BMW with Saturday and Sunday. So it's super busy. I've got a nice little holiday away with all my friends, uh, which will be amazing. Uh, but as soon as that's done, and I'm back in obviously in August, is it's sort of you know back to the regime. You know, trying to train get back fit and just, you know, perform at your highest level. So it's amazing how many things come up and how busy you're kept through the winter. Even though Formula E has finished, you just still have so many other commitments. And uh, even though it's not racing, you know, my next race isn't until January, but like it's 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 impressive with what you're occupied with and, and the level you need to work at <laughs> through the winter. You know, we've got a new simulator coming and uh, working on that to make it better for next season will, will be important. Yeah, and um, just uh, finally on that, I mean, um, Mitch Evans today has re-signed with Jaguar for a multi-year contract, I think two seasons possibly. Oh, um, nice. J- Jag- Jaguar were, um, you know, the powertrain to kind of beat in the second half of this season. We think yeah. Cassidy's going to be joining Mitch next season in the same team, so the two Kiwis together. I mean, it's not going to get easier, is it, to try and, to try and come back and win it again? I mean, yeah, I mean... 
the level these guys were working at towards the end of the season was was seriously impressive. Jaguar really turned their performance around from the start of the season where, you know, they obviously weren't scoring many points. Uh, Porsche definitely, you know, came out the blocks uh, at such a high level. And uh, obviously me and Pascal scoring one-twos for the first three races was was a testament to that. But, um, I mean, yeah, it looks like Cassidy's going to sign with Jaguar. So <laughs> you've got... Um, Two very, very talented guys working together. And uh, I mean, I back myself to try and win it again, but nevertheless, it's going to be difficult. I think uh, I think we can do it. But um, yeah, it won't be through, um, through a difficult off-season. You know, me and the Porsche guys are going to be working extremely hard to, to try and turn this small deficit around to, to try and come back... Uh, in Mexico in January to, to try and win this championship again. And just before you go, finally, we can't uh, end this conversation without mentioning about um, the Autosport magazine this week because uh, as a former uh, winner of the Autosport Young Driver of the Year Award, yeah. um, you're, um, you know, obviously got a connection with the magazine for, for quite a few years now um, and you're on the front cover this week um, with our green banner, which um, I imagine is obviously quite a special special feeling. I mean, yeah, to, to be on the front cover of the Autosport magazine, which is the, like the most prestigious motorsport, you know, magazine there is, it, it, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, I don't really have any words for it, to be honest. It's, it's just uh, such a incredible feeling it's, and it's, it shows how much it means to everyone in motorsport, you know, to make the front cover of the magazine is, is massive and to become, the, at the time, the youngest ever McLaren Autosport award winner. Uh, when I was, I think I was 17 or 18 years of age, it was a big deal then. And to now to become Formula E world champion is is obviously massive. And Autosport obviously making a big deal out of it. You know, we're turning the, the banner green and it's something which is, uh, I'll definitely be able to keep as a, as a memory for, for a lifetime. I imagine as well for our readers, it's nice not to have another picture of Max Verstappen blazing across the, uh, the front of the magazine, winning, winning, uh, winning again this season. But uh, but for obviously anyone who is interested in that, um, the Belgian Grand Prix is obviously mentioned within the magazine, as is the report on the uh, the London E-Prix. Um, but Jake, thanks very much for your time. Congratulations again on the world title. Thank you um, so much. I hope you can have a nice world, well-earned break. Um, and yeah, obviously we do it all again uh, next year. So uh, yeah, thanks very much. And um, yeah, take care. Thank you. Thank you. Sports Social Podcast Network.